Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so you're participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your front-range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. <laughs> oh, my, yeah. interesting time to check Fire in for the up. first time all year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, see how Son they're doing. Fire down. Down. I can't believe it. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the DMVR Douglas Podcast. Let's go. And presented as always by Jeff. Use promo code DMVR whenever you sign up. I haven't been here for a while. I know. You I've left, left it us. to you guys. You yeah. How'd it go? I think it went pretty well. Was it, this pretty, is like was it ul- fun? We did some numbers. <laughs> this is the ultimate. Uh, Adam always describes me as like a fun time uncle. Yeah. This is the worst stretch of the season. Adam's like, oh, just the oh, arena. Yeah. I found out some interesting stuff about, I was talking to Calvin. Yeah, it was good, man. We're just, we're just taking shots. He's yeah. like, oh, is the kid's tired? Well, I'm off. I'm going to go to bed. Yeah, I wasn't even online half Fun the time, time uncle. Oh, must Adam. be nice. What were people like online? Were they pretty chill? <laughs> You know, you know what it is. You know how online is, Harrison. You know what this is. What's up? It's that goddamn two dollar bill. We called it immediately. Oh no! Is that still up there? Yes, it's hidden underneath. Oh no! We We have to take that down. We can't do this. We have to take that down. Should I go take it down right now? Oh, we're not gonna get rid of it, but we like it can't be on set. Like I think I need to go take it down right now. Exorcism. It's listen. It I can't believe we're it's doing the greatest this. piece. Somebody of, gave us a really cool. It's the greatest really cool piece guess. of sports memorabilia I've yeah. ever seen. Unfortunately, it's cursed. What am so I if you don't do? know what they're talking about, somebody gave us a Will Barton signed two dollar bill. Yeah, dude. A Will Barton, and since then. It's been a disaster. <laughs> I hate that we have to take this down. Are you going to the camera to show him there? The other kids, yeah, you're never going to be able to get that. <laughs> um, yeah, do sh- sh- show yourself and the bill at the same time. This is the why- Will Barton themed. <laughs> this is why sports are so fun and our show is so fun. This doesn't mean anything. No, I had to do that. But it means everything. Well, but doesn't it? But doesn't it mean Do, everything? It? I, it might mean everything. I don't know. Um, we're going to go over it. Guys, we're going to talk about it. I haven't been able to share my perspective on last night's game. Went back and watched it late last night. Uh, I'm kind of excited to bounce some ideas off of you guys from it. Um, and by you guys, I, of course, mean the lovely D-line. Oh, you know what? I've never heard a more succinct and yet more accurate description of me, D-Line. Look at these kicks you got on today. Yeah, dude. We Real mean you, is a little new. Me and you are part of the training club. Listen, I there are so many shoes I've I like just wanted so badly when I was yeah. a kid and had no access to. Now that I'm an adult and they look ridiculous on me, I don't <laughs> care, dude. That's so I, true. Like, well, there's I can't go like there's uh, so many like Jordans I, I like I can't possibly uh, wear for reasons that should be obvious. To anyone that's not Dev uh, or that can see me next <laughs> enough, can you imagine me wearing what Dev wears? It'd be bad. Uh, but this, you, you it's a dream. You don't have the confidence or swagger of a Dev. <laughs> no. uh, over here, hat back, <laughs> low on the range, switch lanes. This is a hat backward type of day. It is. Harrison Wind. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's get into this, guys. So last night's game, Nuggets lose to the uh, Brooklyn Nets. Why are you talking about old stuff already? Oh, we got to talk about old stuff. Uh, I actually thought this was a really fascinating game. Like, if you forget the context of Denver being on a losing streak and, you know, the conversation around MVP and all these different things, if you kind of throw that out, if this was just a game that existed in a vacuum, yep. then I think it would actually be one of the most fascinating ones. Yeah. Because Brooklyn presents a very unique problem that I think more and more teams... W- I think it's overstated 
how different the postseason is from the regular season. I think fans sometimes act like it's two different sports. I don't think it is. The what is different about it is if teams find something that challenges a team, yes. they will go to it over and over and yes. over again. But I think this idea of like the game slows down in the playoffs not necessarily true. You know, it gets more physical. Also, I don't know that that is as true as people think. I think those things get overstated. But Brooklyn Nets are a team comprised almost solely of wings. Denver Nuggets are a team comprised of no wings. Wingless. Guards. <laughs> of guards and forwards <laughs> or centers, but no, Lots of but guards. no wings. And when we think about what do teams try to do in the playoffs, the, one of the axioms that is true is teams will go small. They don't really mean small. They just mean small, no center. But they'll go wide and be able to switch. Well, that's what Brooklyn does in their base set with Claxton and with Nerlens Noel. But then when you pulled those guys out in the third quarter and went to their switchy lineup, to me, that's a preview of of all the teams. I think they most look like the Phoenix Suns. And mm-hmm. the fact that Denver struggled so much in that third quarter with getting Jokic the ball, forget everything else yeah. on the defensive end, the fact that they had such a hard time solving what should be an easier lineup to score on, to me, was very interesting. Well, yeah, and they should be able to solve it because they should know it's coming. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Ever since the 76ers game, like that should have been a red alert to the Nuggets that this is how teams are going to try to guard Nikola Jokic. And this is how teams are going to try to guard him in the playoffs. Like We saw Toronto do it. We saw Brooklyn do it last night. And they've got to find a way to counteract it. they got to find a way to get him the ball. And they got to be ready for it. Like Now it looks like they're still not ready for it. And, right. and that that is concerning because it's the only way to slow down the Nuggets starters. You know, like it's the only way to limit Denver's offense with Nicole Jokic on the floor. And by the way, it wasn't even that limiting. It's one of the things is, is when you go small, if your defense doesn't get worse, maybe your offense gets better. And that's what happened. Like Denver still scored in that third quarter. They had a lot of turnovers. And then there's some other things that happened. But Denver still scored at a great rate last night in that game. Yeah, I just noticed it most in the third quarter, though. Like I noticed it most the, well, in the, the third, thir- the third quarter and then the Nuggets only scored 18 points in the third and Nicole Jokic played the entire quarter. Yeah, the, the third quarter is a Shakespearean tragedy. I like, I am glad that we're starting to, the difference between the postseason and the regular season is that you have an opportunity to use tactics and to right. change and to figure out, find the weak spot. And, um, and so I actually, we were talking about this just a little bit last night, like, the idea that the Nuggets are seeing the same kinds of tactics being used against them this far out from the playoffs yep. is actually a good thing. I yeah. so gives, strongly agree. They gives, get to see how they do it. They get to see it. it. They get yeah. to figure out, like, okay, how do we counteract this? We're definitely going to see this. Uh, we need to make sure we do X, Y, and Z, or we at least have... In, and the nice thing is that, you know, typically you're talking about, okay, Michael Malone has to put together some sort of scheme to blah, blah, blah. But it really, it's more like Nikola Jokic also has time to consider how to break these defenses himself on the on the court like where to look to um so i i love that they have time it's miserable right now i mean this has been the michael malone experience for the denver nuggets is that some new wrinkle is thrown out and there's just like a <laughs> absolutely no ability we no talked ability, about it on the show yeah, for a week no ability to respond in what feels like a timely manner but always the right answer comes mercifully we have time so i feel I actually feel okay I mean this is just we're in the moment this feels like terrible and gar- it's garbage but it's literally three games and we're spoiled we're terrible fans yeah. now what happened to us we used to be beautiful I mean I'm with you on the broader picture and like I've taken some flack on it from the and what little I've been on social media over the uh, last week because it's fun been time on yeah. <laughs> you made it very clear you've managed to stay <laughs> off stay, the social stay off media <laughs> but one of the things I see people saying is <laughs> like you. Adam you're not Re, like you're oh we're supposed to believe this is no big deal and I'm kind of of that opinion yeah. I, I, it's not that it's no big deal these things are important but that it's good to go through them I yes. mean this idea that it would have been mm-hmm. better if Denver just won by 20 every game from now to the playoffs it would if it was a good process but what these games are showing at least in part I think there's other stuff going on but at least in part they're showing that no there is a process Absolutely. still to be completed and Denver is going through that by yeah. the way some of this is by is tactics, which I want to get back to here very quickly. But some of this is also just emotional. This was yeah. the heaviest week. It was Outside so of the, heavy. This is the heaviest, I think, regular season week of the Jokic era in terms of the pressure got real, I think, for the first time last week. And it what I mean by that is did. I'm not trying to sound like a hot take artist, but over the last few years, the stakes haven't been that high. Murray's been out. 
it feels like this is a year where if it's a disaster postseason, Michael Malone could be fired. I never really thought about those things. Yep. But now you're kind of confronted with the, oh, yeah. Yes. Teams that don't get over the hump. And I'm not saying there's like a bar you have to get to the Western Conference. You have to get to this. I'm just saying if Denver flames out and plays really poorly in the playoffs and yeah. loses in a fashion that makes you think they were not at all close to, to being where they need to be, then, yeah, there could be trades of players you didn't expect to be traded. There could be a coaching change. And most important of all, the narrative around the team will become so heavy next year because then the onus switches squarely onto, well, these guys have never proven they can get over or what have you. And those things, I think, are fair. And this week, to me, the tactic stuff is important. This is interesting. This was a preview of how much pressure is going to be on these guys four or five weeks from now. Yeah. And I think mm -hmm. that, to me, as much as anything, is a good thing for them to go to, a reminder that, oh, yeah, people are going to be talking and overanalyzing every micro thing that happens. Be ready for it. Yeah, I mean, it's right. Like, welcome to being a real team. Yep. <laughs> like, welcome to being a real championship <laughs> contending team so, so with true. a back-to-back -back yeah. MVP yeah. with a great roster that is expected to compete for a championship. Like, yep. this is what should be coming. These are the expectations they should have. Yeah. Like, there are no excuses this year. Last year, everybody knew last year was just a gap purgatory. year. Purgatory. Yeah, it was a gap year. We were in purgatory. Now they're being judged like a championship contender should. This this playoff run counts for three. And what I mean by that is the last yeah. two We're, don't count. Yeah. So now if Denver makes if Denver made it to the second round each of the last two years, and then this year made it to the second round, we would be there's a cap on this team, it's the second round, or first or whatever. Now, since you didn't get those, this year is just going to be like, well, that's what this team so is, true. and we have yeah. to adjust now. This is yeah. What you're describing is the bust. Like, that's what or bust means. Right, right. Like, mm -hmm. The pressure will can bust teams. Like, it really can shatter. Like, when you, when you, that's why people are always like hesitant to use that kind of language, but it's real. Like, now it's like if the team is unable to meet the expectations that are before them, they will bust. And bust means we could start to look for new coaching. We could start exactly what you're saying. Like, the core of the team could be under fire, could be under question. Um, Expectations, man. It is. It's true. It's. This is what it feels like. Welcome these, to the party. All of these years when we've been screaming that we want the Nuggets to have attention. Now we have it. It's yeah. like, man, this sucks. Yeah, like, yeah. We so like true. stop talking about us. Like yeah. it, all I, every day we just be like, oh, another day. Jokic <laughs> not on first take. They don't talk about him. It's like keep your name, keep Jokic's name <laughs> out your mouth. What are you talking about him so much for? The guy that stood out to me in a very negative way on rewatch that didn't necessarily in the first time around was Aaron Gordon. Especially in that third quarter. Ooh. I mean, let's be, let's be clear here. I thought Denver had a good first, second, and fourth quarter. They had a really bad bench stint the first time around. Yep. It was really bad. Yes. But the starters in the first, second, and fourth quarter were very good. That third quarter was horrible, for, especially from the starters and the Jokic minutes. Um, but in, So let's just analyze that third quarter. Because in that one is when they went small. Claxton, and by the way, originally you think, oh, maybe this was a genius move by Jacques Vaughn. Claxton picked up a fourth foul, and it might have just been that he, sometimes the adjustment happens by necessity. Right. The Nuggets started, including Michael Porter, had a very good start to the, th the second half. He had a, a jumper, and then he had a follow-up put-back dunk off of a Murray miss in transition. So we, I think in our minds it was bad from start to finish. It started okay. Nine minutes to go, they sub Claxton out. And they go small, and it was a 27 to 10 run for Brooklyn. Small ball with Jokic on the court the entirety of that of that stretch. So Jokic ball versus small Damn. ball. And what they did was pre-rotate to try to not to take away the entry pass. And Denver had turnovers yep. and clunky offense trying to get Jokic the ball. He did not touch the ball very much in that third quarter, at least not in the ways that he needed. And when he did get it, they sold out so hard with length. What did I say about Brooklyn? When they took Claxton out, they basically were playing five wings. Mm. Five small forwards is basically what their lineup looked like, all with enormous length, all super high IQ, and their rotations were hyper-aggressive. And some of the things that need to happen, other players need to be able to take advantage. I thought Jamal Murray did a bad job of attacking four on three. He needs to be a better player at, at, at doing that, but he you know, came out of the game after that third quarter, so maybe he was feeling so rough he couldn't do it. But Aaron Gordon, I thought, missed the read over and over again. And in the postgame, Nikola Jokic, I asked him, what is it the team has to do in those lineups? And he said, usually we're a lot better at reading things quick. If the team compromises like that, there's different reads. I thought he in particular made missed those reads over and over. And there was a possession in the third quarter where you could see Yoke being double teamed, and he looks over, and he kind of gives him like a, yeah. what are you doing? Right. 
So to me, Aaron Gordon, we talk about his high IQ and and you know improving his game. Last night was one of those ones that made me think: Was he just not feeling it? Is he banged up, or is there still a reads to the game when teams throw out wrinkles that he's not seeing? That's interesting. Yeah. He's fe- he has felt there's a heaviness to his game right now. He and Jamal Murray, there's a real heaviness to their game that feels like it is their bodies are bothering them. Mm-hmm. Like, do, I mean, do, I don't. We saw Aaron Gordon like in pain, like yeah. reaching for. I don't know. I mean, this is all pure speculation entirely, obviously. But, but those two guys just feel like, man, they, they just need some time off. Every time themselves. Aaron Gordon reaches his right arm back to catch a lob yeah. at the rim, like, ugh. Yeah. That, that, that thing, when you watching, you can feel like the, the, old, the, old, ha- the old classic legs for Jamal Murray. The, his legs are heavy again. Heavy like, legs. His goddamn legs. Um, You're re- so right. That, honest to God. It's, you originally said it as... A serious but joking thing. It's honestly got the single most important word with Murray. Legs. Legs. <laughs> where where are you with his legs? His right legs now. looked horrible in this game. Yeah. I guess I gotta make a Lego meter. Oh, oh no, no. <laughs> no where are you no. with Jamal Murray's legs? Are they oh, springy? Crap. Are they heavy? <laughs> but that was only part the Murray part of this was only part of it. And then you go to the other end of the court where you t- think about five out. And Dorian Finney Smith goes five of seven. That's the equivalent to me of Tory Craig going five of seven. You know, you're you're yeah. talking about that's the guy Yoke's going to guard him. He's going to get pulled out onto Dinwiddie, and you're going to help off so that the ball gets forced to him, so you can contain Jokic. This is what teams are going to do. I mean, that is a preview of the strategy that the Phoenix Suns are going to have, and my hunch is that's the strategy the Denver Nuggets are going to have. Really try to draw the ball handler as far away. They're just going to – I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie had 16 assists in this game, and they weren't like he had beautiful passes. He just kept lobbing the ball over the trap to Claxton, and Claxton would either pass to someone else or finish the play. And Denver, you know, some of this, again, was hot shooting, but some of this was, man – that's if that's the best Denver can do against that defense. It's going to be really, really tough. It was hot shooting, but it was hot, wide open shooting a lot of times. Like as I recall, like more often than not, when there would be a, a a very dagger feeling three that came from the, the Nets, it was like, well, there's no one around that guy, so that actually that tracks. He was right. able to, you know, yeah. like oh, Aaron Gordon was pulled in really deep, or Michael Porter Jr. was pulled in really deep, and it's like obvious it's going to kick out to them. I don't know why they're. Leaving their guy so much. It's bizarre. I don't really understand. I mean, you'll well, maybe perhaps you can explain this to me a little bit more. Why I mean, they're so open? They're just the col- why there's such a heavy uh, focus on collapsing and leaving your guy open in what is the most efficient part of the NBA court, the three point in the corner. More often than not, like we have guys well, that sag in so deep. I can I'm, tell you I'm the asking, reason. Yeah. yeah, the reason for this is your options are either to get Jokic switched out onto Spencer Dinwiddie, who's super good as a one-on-one scorer. He's an elite one-on-one player, and Jokic obviously in space. That's a really tough mismatch. Or you're going to have to send the double. And so what teams do is they put their weak guy in spots where he's going to be furthest to recover from and most open. And then you have to decide: Am I recovering on Joe Harris, great shooter? Am I recovering on you know some of the other guys they have out there that are there, Mikhail Bridges specifically to space the floor, or are you going to help off of Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, those guys? Denver obviously is going to elect to leave those guys open, but in today's NBA, you're able to stretch the defense out so thin, and Denver was not doing a good job of of keeping the ball out of the easy pass. They were lobbing it over the top and getting it easy, but the thing is, I'm just not sure Denver can be that much better at that. I know. That's the thing that's concerning. It is. It, uh, yeah. but well, that, that means they have to make him pay every time on the other end. Exactly. Ends. I was just going to say that. That means like you can't score 18 points in the third. Right. They still only lost by two points. And they had the winning shot on the fingertips of the two-time MVP's yeah. uh, hands. And so. Denver dominated a lot of the numbers that typically point to who wins. Rebounds, 20 more rebounds. You know, that's huge. The three-point battle wasn't that different for a team that goes big to small. So you're right. that To me, that's what the lesson is. It's as weird as it sounds is... Denver's defense in today's NBA, it's just if there's too many guys that can play five out. I just um, talked about this on another show. I think that'll come out later here. I hopped on Lowe's show today. He's going to do another Nuggets one. Okay. But one of the things I talked about was five, six, seven years ago, hitting a guy on the roll. There was like four guys that were good. Draymond was great at it. Jokic is great at it. 
I feel like the NBA has done this so much over the last five years that now there's a lot more play. Like Nick Claxton is pretty good at this, mm-hmm. catching on the roll and either finishing mm-hmm. or making one dribble. There's just them, the NBA is more talented at doing this that that defense now becomes even more compromised. Five out sucks. Yeah, it yeah, sucks. and just kind of thinking about it, like the Suns can do that with Kevin Durant. The Clippers are they probably going to do that. By the way, Aiden's pretty good at that. Aiden, yeah, the Mavs. Like, there are just a lot of teams in the West. Obviously, the Warriors. Yeah. Here's my last thing, though, I will say about this. And I know this is a weird silver linings, like a really weird one. Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson's really good. Mikael Bridges is phenomenal. He's an unbelievable basketball player. The Suns losing them. Yes, they got Kevin Durant. That's a great player. I mean, it's worth it. Mikael Bridges, to me, kind of demonstrates what made the Suns so hard. He can guard every type of player. Yeah. He yeah. can guard Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray and KCP and sometimes all on the same possession. And them losing him, I still look at that and go, I'm so glad we don't have to play him in the playoffs. I know, man. It's true. He Jeez. he when you look at him, it's like I was looking at him and thinking about how like Michael Phelps just came up in the office the other day. Michael Phelps is like literally built as the prototypical swimmer. He's got like the wide shoulders, the long torso, bubble, everything you'd be like. Yeah. Mikel Bridges like has the longest, the arms. longest arms. He's my got, God, he's just like built to be a it's basketball like a spider. Player. Man. Yes, he it, he's like um, he looks like a spider to me. Just like <laughs> <laughs> arms and legs that just like, can yeah. extend forever. Yeah, he, I mean, he's just like has a perfect build for a basketball player. The modern NBA, the the uh, positionless basketball. He's long enough to cover a lot of different people. He has a great touch. Like it, it's funny that I mean, I always thought he was good too, but I. It is the thing where now he is the guy in Brooklyn. You really start to understand like just how good he can be. Yep. Um, so it's a his little step backs t- and stuff. His one on one three point shooting was like, man, this guy's tough. Let's really take yeah. a break because I didn't get to what is to me the most frustrating story, and that is that Michael Porter Jr. got benched last night. And to me, it's a big oh, deal. cool. Let's talk into, about it. Let's yeah, go. Let's get into some concern level stuff here on the other side. Guys, when you get hurt, Bacchus and Shanker is here to help. Give them a call today. 222-2222. They got the easiest number to remember. To set up a consultation, Bacchus and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They've been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. And the thing about Bacchus and Shanker, you don't pay them any money until they win your case. No upfront fees. No fees while they're working on your case. They've won over $1 billion for clients. Uh, give them a call today, 222-2222, Bacchus and Shanker. They help with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They even help you if you're injured at work. If you have a case, give them a call for free. Uh, Bacchus and Shanker wins. Also at Shady Rays, they've got this great deal going on exclusively for DNVR listeners. Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com, use the code DNVR, or visit them in-store. They're right here, Park Meadows Mall. 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. They've got awesome shades. They've got uh, ski goggles. They've got tons of other stuff at Shady Rays. This is just for DNVR listeners. Uh, 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Use the code DNVR online, ShadyRays.com, or in-store. Yeah, and if you want a, like a, in a real-life demonstration of how great Shady Rays are, you just need to, any time uh, that's about five or six minutes before I need to be here, you can catch me on my scooter hurriedly uh, racing towards the studio wearing some Shady Rays because mm. they blocked the wind out of my Great for scooter riding. I bought, I bought a scooter that goes a little faster than the normal scooter. I don't like the wind whipping in my eyes. See, that's yeah. a humble brag right there. Oh, yeah, My dude. scooter's a little oh, faster than yeah, most dude. scooters. Oh, listen. Most adult <laughs> men get lost in things like cars or <laughs> things scooter, that, that have actual, you know... Uh, scooter running around. It is scooter season. I took mine out for the first time the other oh, day. Oh, bro, I look you incredible. Wait, you have a scooter also? Oh, I've got a scooter, bro. Wait, I, is this I just the thing? Everybody has their own scooter gang, now? I go birding on my scooter. It's the best thing in the world. <laughs> you do not. I swear to God I do. It's Jeez. the best. Um, <laughs> you get so much I cover miles on my scooter, man. I can get to all these different metals. Where are you going, Adam? Oh, you know, just birding That's on the so scooter. True. I'm telling you. It's wow. the best. I got my little backpack that I take. I got my do we call it like with s- a back? Oh, my God. That's like the closest you'll ever be to re- living real life Pokemon. 
You know, going around just got to collect them all. It is, birds it on is. a scooter. That's exactly. It's like a seven-year-old. I'm proud. It's actually you. right. It's actually right. <laughs> um, so let's talk about this. Last night, Michael Porter Jr. goes to the bench relatively early in that third quarter, and then doesn't come back in until 26 seconds left. He was tw- 23 points. I think nine of 12 shooting. 23 points in 23 minutes. Um, he made a couple of bad turnovers. Two in a row. Two, two straight two, possessions. Two in a row. When I went back and watched the third quarter, you know, I was I want to see what did I miss? How much of this was on yeah. him? I did not feel that it was any more on him than it was on any other player, and I didn't feel that. And they happened two in a row, but there were p- turnovers that were actually even louder than that that happened over that entire stretch. Where you look at it and you say, if I'm just going off of how damning or damaging were the turnovers, and how just like you're not trying or you're not focused or whatever. They just did not stick out to me. And here's why it's important to me. Michael Porter Jr. is the guy that I think has sacrificed as much as anybody on the roster in terms of, you know, he has a huge contract. I'm not trying to take that away from him. But I think that he is a guy that we all feel in other circumstances is probably taking four or five more shots a game. He's a good scorer, this or that. The fact that he's bought in all year and done all these things, and then more important than any of this, the fact that this is a strategy that they are almost certain to see in the playoffs and that Michael Malone went away from it so deliberately to me, to me, it's, it makes me sit back and think, does Michael Malone trust Michael Porter Jr.? And last night went a long way towards me going, I don't think he does. I don't think he does. The fact that he was scoring at the level that he was, the fact that Denver had so many guys playing poorly and he was the odd man out. And by the way, Bruce Brown, Reggie Jackson... They had some egregious turnovers that were, to me, as worse if not, or as bad if not worse. So, to me, I don't know if it was an oversight. I don't know if it was a mistake. After the game, Michael Malone didn't have a thing. Yeah, I, you, sometimes he'll be like, you know what, we weren't getting stops, and I need you this or that. It wasn't even that. Yeah, it was such a non-answer. It was such a non-answer that part of me thinks he forgot. Yeah. <laughs> like honestly, and then part of me, and this is the thing that's most scary. This is my actual read on Michael Malone. It's not just in this moment. It's the broader context of coaching him. I think he's very principled in that I think he has a vision and a view of how the game ought to be played that sometimes blinds him from what's actually happening in a moment. I don't think he's a good in-game adjuster, and I think part of that is because he has a notion of what should happen, and then he judges a game based on how it fits that notion. Last mm-hmm. night was an example of it. I need my defensive players out there. Michael Porter Jr., when he was on the court last night, 114 defensive rating. I think that was second best of everybody on the court. Yeah. But it didn't fit the idea of I need defenders. Where are they at? <sighs> yeah, I rewatch a third quarter too, and I agree. I mean, his he didn't stand out as like a guy who was playing bad defense. Those two turnovers were really bad though, and they were in a row. So maybe they were right in a row. Worse? One of them know. led right to a transition bucket for Brooklyn. And, like, he was getting switched on to Spencer Dinwiddie throughout that quarter. That's what Brooklyn was trying to do. And Spencer Dinwiddie was scoring. I thought it was pretty good defense by MPJ on both of those switches. Right. Dinwiddie honestly hit some tough shots. That like a 14-foot yeah, floater. that you're good with like, giving right. up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, MPJ not getting back into that game I thought was bullshit. And if I'm Michael Porter, I'd be pissed. Like, I'd be pissed about that based on how I played in that first half. But also just like you talked about, what I've given this season. Like this has been, I think, one of the best storylines of this Nugget season. Maybe the best storyline. Yeah, we Michael Porter Jr. buying in and becoming a p- complete player. Michael Malone even said this a week ago that Michael Porter has done everything that the Nuggets have asked of him. They had this checklist for him coming into the season. You know, be a better defender, be more committed, fit into your role better on all. He's done everything. You know, he's checked off all the boxes and now just like to not trust him at the end of a game to not go back to him. And I actually have a read on why he might not have gotten back into the game just because the lineup that was out there. But um, if I'm Michael Porter, I'd be pissed. Absolutely. But what's funny about the lineup that was out because that was one of the things he said, well, the, the lineup had it going or whatever. The bench actually was horrible to start the fourth. It didn't turn around until Jokic came cool. back. Right, in. that's right. weird. But, yeah. but <laughs> right, but if you think about who was out there at the end, Jokic, Aaron Gordon, KCP, Christian Brown. Right. You know those four were going to be out there, yep. and I guarantee you, this is how Michael Malone was thinking. We need a point guard. Right. Right. Bruce Brown. Yep. And that would have sure. actually and, been Murray. Right. And, yeah, and it might have felt a exactly little that. different. Right. It's basically. Christian I mean, that, that's what happened. Still, I think you can make the argument like. 
did Bruce Brown really do that much point guarding but at this, the end of that game? But this well, is he, my thing he shot about, a terrible floater. Does but this is my thing about principled versus yeah, right. the moment yes. is you're that to me is more thinking about what the game should be. Well, I need a point guard and I yep. need this. And yes. it's like, no, you have a guy who's on fire. That honestly, offensively speaking only, might have been the best game of the year for Michael Porter on a per minute basis. Yeah. He might have had 35 points last night. He was making all types of shots. He had a poster dunk. Yeah. Two games in a row with a poster dunk over yep. somebody. He's feeling great. His off the dribble game in that game, escape dribble, get to the mid range and fire. So to me, this is what makes it so frustrating yep. is the reading the game. I thought Porter was actually a key piece of it. Yeah. I, I felt like in the moment it felt like Michael Malone was like a dad that was like threatening to turn the car around, like, <laughs> eh, which is terrible. Like I put this on Twitter. First off, th the very notion that you would bench Clay Thompson right. in the waning moments of a game that you were down because he wasn't his sharpest in the third quarter right. is like that's the big picture here, Michael Malone. Right. It's not in. We're not looking. We have our guys. Like we have our dogs. We have our core. We have the guys that you look to, that you count on, that the Nuggets live or die by, and everybody else just has to sort of like circulate around them. Michael Porter Jr. is most assuredly one of those guys. Is he? Yes. I mean, whether or not, you don't think he's like an important I'm, down the not, stretch? Guy? Well, I'm, I'm saying like, is he to the team? Like, is he to Michael well, Malone? Well, that, I, to I, the team. I, I'm yeah. saying to Michael Malone, I don't know. He clearly is that. Like, whether yeah, or not he acknowledges right. it or not, there, there's something about like the disciplinarian in Michael Malone that I feel like he just can't ever let go of. But we are so fat. We are so far beyond the point of needing to send a message to this right. team. Like, we are so far beyond the like, okay, I'm grooming you to be the player that I need you to be. And if you mess up, you're going to know about it and you're going to be benched. That's just how it is. I'm sorry. Like, if we're at that point in the maturation of this team, like, we are in deep trouble. Michael Porter doesn't get held to the same standards as everybody else. And I think part of that is obviously he entered the league and entered the Nuggets rotation as like a really, really bad defender. And he also used to be like, you know, a he used to be a specialized player. He used to be a specialist. Right. You know, right, yep. this offensive injection. Yeah, you, you couldn't count on the instant defense. offense bit. Like he's not a bit player anymore. No. He's he's a part of the core. He's he's a big part of what the Nuggets are doing this season and what they're going to do. And you know, he doesn't you know get pulled off the floor for the same mistakes that like. Jamal Murray, like Jamal Murray, stays on the floor for the same mistakes that Michael Porter Jr. makes. I think. If he would have come back into the game, first of all, no matter what would have happened, it would have been a better outcome than this. I mean, maybe Denver steals that game, and then you can say, well, they just needed a win or whatever. I would actually push back. When you're up five games in the loss column, that game process becomes more important than yes, results. Everything is about process now. But I would go to say that if Michael Porter checks back into the game in the fourth quarter, and it goes exactly like it did in the third, you have a data point to yep, go to that says point. when we get into a playoffs, Michael, let's look at the tape. We lost this game. Teams are going to do this. They're going to go small. Right. They're going to dare this or that. And then defensively, you're going to have to be in space. And if you're getting cooked by Royce O'Neal and Spencer Dinwiddie and whoever else, Mikhail Bridges, there's evidence to point to to say, hey, man, this is what it means to win a title. You're doing yes. all this, but this is the final step. Instead, what we get is a game where he wasn't on the court. You have to wonder if he, if I were Michael Porter, I don't want to project and say I know exactly, but if I were him, to me, I, there's no way I could talk myself into my coach trust me. Did you that, see him on the bench last night? I mean, he looked pretty distraught. This was him. Yeah. For the entire fourth quarter. And he, and look, he looked he like Vogue during any one of these ads, any so one of these shows. That's so true. Vogue <laughs> does have the, the arms crossed, and we love you, bud. I know you're watching. Um, but I think that, to me, that's the most damning part of this. And I, these things can come and go. I don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill here because this is a molehill. It is a one-off in a series of losses for the Nuggets, but this was the only game he got benched. I think that this is one where Michael Malone, as a coach, probably has to do some damage control. And I, I do too. I would say maybe that's an apology, but let's say maybe it's not an apology. You need to get back on the same page, and you need to make sure that that guy knows that you have his back because last night you signaled that you did not. I, so I always want to believe that there is some larger strategy in play. I, I don't actually believe it, but I like to believe <laughs> yeah, it. Like yeah. I like to talk myself into thinking that there wasn't last everybody is, ta is thinking about this as much as we are as and I believe that in many ways Michael Malone is a great tactician and there could be some 4D chess going on where it's sort of like he he does this a lot where he'll like he'll scold publicly and then build up privately. And 
uh, it could be, you know, I, like he he's like, I, I'm just not getting what I need to out of Mike. Like, I'm going to make a d- big deal about it. And then I'm going to bring him into the office the next day and like reconnect. I mean, I listen, I, I, I would not do this, but this is not an uncommon tactic when you're talking about like the world in which Michael Malone come from, like a military thing. Like, a, But unfortunately, my larger point is that like, I cannot believe if that is the case, I can't believe we're still there with the relationship building. I don't think that's what it was, though. I don't. I'm just looking for anything. But, but here's why I'm pushing back on it, because what I really think that move demonstrates more than anything, I think Michael Malone is more stressed than anyone else on the Nuggets roster. Maybe for good reason. But I think that one of the good things that can come out of this losing streak in the stretch is there's four weeks left in the season, and you kind of get a, a taste of what playoff pressure feels like. I think the Nuggets are all like down right now because of the conversation, and just they're starting to feel like, oh my god, this is getting real. Like what mm-hmm. we do in the playoffs is going to reverberate for years to come, and that's just as heavy. And I think it's good that they're getting it. But Michael Malone, I think, is also experiencing that, and I think that he is not handling it well right now. And this is hopefully a chance for him to step back and go, I need to be one of the sources of calm and collectedness and make clear-minded decisions. And in that game, I just felt like he hit the panic button a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we've seen like him come out of situations similar to this in the past and, you know, come out with a better plan. Sure. You know, repair relationships or, you know, mend that stuff or have different rotations and lineups. We've seen him make changes many, many times, even this year, you know, wh- when things have been stacking up to an extent like they are right now. So yeah. I, I have confidence that, you know, they'll come out of this better. My, yeah. My, like I return to, there's not a lot of games that happen where I'm just like, irate at the way that Malone handled it, where I can just be like that. You idiot. Like you really dropped the ball, right. you know? And that this was one of those games, and they there's not usually usually a lot of those in a row. There's like, if you hit one where you're like, "Bro, what were you doing?" He's a he is introspective enough that he generally will comment on it or will make the adjustment you were screaming for always later than you wanted to. But I don't think that Michael Malone comes out of that and is just so pig headed. He's like, "Well, that's what it's going to be." I'm sure that he's like, "I did, I, you know." Yeah. So we'll see what comes from it. I just know that I think it was has has been as has been the, the anxiety made him yes. miss the forest for the trees. I agree, and I, 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 to go back to the larger point earlier, like I think it's great that they're running into this kind of comedy routine stuff where you're like, "Man, you you just have to be bigger than this. Yeah. You have to." Take a step back. You need to, in the same way you're asking your players to reevaluate, to reassess, to focus, to lock in, to avoid all outside noise. You, Michael Malone, need to do the same thing and not be so panicked. Have a larger script, or even if it's not a script. Although, I, to be honest, it needs to be a script for him. Like he needs to have something he's trying, and then when it doesn't work, he has to go move off of it again. Like in the next game, if he mm. tries to make things happen in the moment, it never goes well. Never. Mm. You get like weird panic lineups and then you That's get... rough for a playoff run. I know! <laughs> I know! <laughs> Malone just has to uh, keep his calm while also understanding that he could be out of a job in six but weeks. But generally speaking, once it's <laughs> The figured, pressure's big, man. Yeah, generally speaking, once it's figured out, then yeah. they're good. Like, he, then he's got it covered. Yeah. So we'll see. Alright, let's take another break. On the other side, I want to talk about a series of things and we're going to rank them. We have some numbers Numbers one through ten on a level of how concerned we are. <laughs> Jive Hive is a virtual dispensary on wheels. Visit them, jivehive.com, uh, to schedule a delivery. Uh, jivehive.com, they serve a bunch of areas in uh, Colorado Aurora, Greenwood Village, Monument, Fountain, various areas of El Paso County. Jivehive.com, go to jivehive.com, get your order delivered in the same day or schedule a delivery window they'll pull up right to your house your office your bar like wherever you want them to go they yeah. will you go. can schedule it to coincide with the ending of the next nuggets game. yeah i would recommend that <laughs> um jivehive.com a virtual dispenser on wheels great pricing super convenient it's private it's secure jivehive.com check them out today um, also at DraftKings Sportsbook, they've got the NBA No Sweat Same Game Parlay still going on Ooh, every single day. Who's sweating? You're not. 
If you're using the no sweat same game parlay. I'm literally wearing a sweatshirt. Not even sweat. <laughs> it is so nice whenever I look in there and see I have a free bet, but it's also it's just a reminder, just a reminder that I lost my yeah. previous yeah. bet. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? Yeah. Hey. No harm, no fun. Some people fail up in take. this world, you know? Yeah. Uh, but register for that no sweat same game parlay. Opt in. Place your bet. Hey, if you don't make your bet, if you don't get that green... It's all good. You get a free bet the next day. Use it on the next Nuggets game. Yeah, man. Uh, the No Sweat Same Game Parlay from DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the say, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Sign up with code DNVR. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. That's with code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Per Mike Singer, Jamal Murray is listed as questionable for tomorrow. Um, let me see in parentheses. Legs. Legs. <laughs> yeah, knee. Yeah. Um, God damn it. <laughs> by, by the way, it's at Toronto, so that's sort of a homecoming game for him. So if yeah. he misses it, you know he wouldn't miss that one. Just No, to, you know, know, they just need to go up there and just take a hot maple syrup bath. Is that what you do? Like, yeah, dude. The healing powers of bath? maple syrup? Yes. This is, this is terrible. You this didn't know terrible. that? I apologize, Canada, for oh. his, his ignorance. Um, <laughs> Covered in gravy? Canadians so mad. Right <laughs> <now. But laughs> maple syrup slander. <laughs> the Canadians that we've... we've Wholly failed to recruit, by the way. We, we've had that's so true. We've We're, had yeah. just as long with uh, Jamal Murray. We as just we have. had a Canadian in the, in the bar, though. Yeah, we had. Yes, Our we boy. did. We, we, Sasha yeah. and uh, Gordon, not Canadian, yeah. pays us in Canadian <laughs> currency. Sasha also was need. He's Serbian. Serbian. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he lives, in, lives Canada. in Canada. Close enough. <laughs> we we just Canada. What, what are we doing wrong? Come on. Yeah, what are we doing wrong? Um, guess, do we need I to guess, take a trip to Kitchener? Guess, just let us know. I guess my do. maple syrup bath didn't really help. The we're gonna give a little scale here, guys. One to ten. Ten being supremely concerned. Organize those in, into the order here. There's a so lot you of gotta, cards here. The the one to ten on how concerned you are for these various topics for the Denver Nuggets. We're gonna okay. start with Jamal Murray's health. 10 being the most concerned, how concerned are you? Um, seven? Seven. Seven? I went eight, so I'm the hot takey of this Woo! one here. Um, I mean, seven or eight, it's sure. so hard to know the difference between those. <laughs> yeah, this is very... Uh, we could have probably done one, two, or three, and it might have been more accurate. Yeah, it's, only, it's, it's not scientific. It's not that scientific what we're doing. Um, let us know in the comments. Too. Yeah, let us know. Play along with us. Play How far off So we? here's the thing about Jamal. He needs to be his quickest self. Yes, he does. And he needs to be able to go deep into the playoffs. Oh, I'm worried right now. That i got to change mine up. He looks like a nine. guy that even if he is, needs like a week off and then he's healthy, how long does it take for him to get back in that super shape? That's the thing that has always worried to me about Jamal is I just feel like you can tell the difference between, man, that guy is lean, he's quick, he's uh, got so much stamina, and the one that's like, ah, he seems like he's laboring a little bit. We're at the laboring one right now, and even if he does get healthy, I just, there's four weeks. Is he going to be in prime time shape by the time you get to that first round? I'm no, concerned. Probably not. You say no? I'm I mean, saying why, it is in. Why would he be? Oh, because it's the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, he's labored through an entire season so far. This has been my thing all year. They've been playing him too much the entire season, man. From game one, they st they were playing him too much. It's it was obvious, like to me. But I think the thing you do have to always think about with Jamal is that he's a big game player, and I just have this inherent confidence in him to always show up in the big moments. And even if he's playing through something, it's not gonna seem, at least I think. Like he's playing through something in the playoffs, like it seems like he's playing through something in the regular season. He just elevates himself above things in big games. Are you saying? And I feel like we have to trust him for, to just come through from that perspective. Are you saying a, a game against the Spurs on the road is not big time basketball? No. Mind? All right. Well, fine. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's true. Uh, he he does. can overcome stuff in those big time. But I'm moments. I'm clear. But I I agree with that. But I also. Um, watching him move and it's not great right now and it's it keeps going it keeps vacillating between good and not good good and not good and we've gotten maybe I'll have to check the bacometer but it's not been it's like not hit the highest right. point very often it certainly didn't stay there for that long um, so I just the the 
thing about Jamal is that he's not consistent. It's all about the consistency. It just it just is. That's just it. Jamal might be an, who he is. Jamal is an inconsistent player. Like for whatever reason, his body betrays him more than you would expect, um, and he is affected by it as we all would be. Um, I just. It's 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 I, I hate that we're having these conversations. We obviously are going to. I mean, we just wanted as soon as he came back for it to just be light back on. Mm-hmm. He is Bubble Murray. Um, it's unrealistic. It, it's historically been unrealistic for a player to come back from an injury like his to be able to give you even like 80% of what he was able to give you the previous year before the injury. Um, so we're just seeing what that looks like. And you're, I mean, you're right, Harrison. He shouldn't play as much as he plays. He just, we're not, you know. Playing him in back-to-backs this season is crazy. It's crazy that they did that. It is. I mean, I was probably on the other side of it more, like thinking that they should try to get him to build up his, you know, stamina and and get stronger. But he just keeps breaking down. So, I don't know. It's frustrating. Let's get to another player's health. Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon's health. I'm... Five for me. I'm less concerned about this. Uh, yeah, I'm a total five. I'm even lower. Is it is five the lowest we no, have? I think there's lower ones in there. I don't I think have you a have full one set. through ten. Oh, I just have first. Is first. That? First could mean. Well, I 10. thought I thought maybe these were for two different segments. <laughs> That's just a number. You're not at all concerned. I mean, here's the thing about Aaron Gordon. He was the Nuggets' second best player for like three months, yeah. and since then. He's been good, but he's, yeah, kind, of, he's kind of in a rut. My thing with, with Gordon is that he doesn't have a history of this. Yeah, that's true. He's just hurt now. Yeah, I think and it's, right. he's, he doesn't have like a structural issue. Issue. He has a soft tissue issue. But it's been a long tissue time. Issue. I mean, it's been there's four <laughs> weeks the left in the season. And has no, I know more than four weeks. But it's not. It's not like his knee or his. It's not like his core. It's like. It's like getting punched stuff versus uh, having like deep strain. I mean, something's up with his stuff. shoulder. It's I true. It's what true. his three-point splits have been throughout the year because that's, I mean, I think teams are going to leave him open in the playoffs. His three-point shot's been pretty good recently, I feel like. Yeah. I'm going to look it he's up just right not been as, He's not been as strong going to the rim. He's not been slashing. Yeah. He's not been finishing. He's not been dunking. He's not been a beast in the middle like he has been at his during his best stints. We might be on to a... Uh, a trend here because you know 53% in November, 68% in December, 58% in oh that's free throw. Hold on, I'm wrong. 53, 37, 39. So 37 or above in the first 3 months, 33 in February, 29 in in March. Now again, I the the mm. sample size is small enough cuz he doesn't shoot that many threes. But it was just worth noting, shoulder injury. Made one last night. Yeah. Shoulder injury, does that affect your one. shot at all? Hmm? I don't know. Just one or did he make He made one last oh. night. One or two. Yeah, it was it was during the point. This is the thing. Big is, no, 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 yes moment. No, well, it was the second quarter when Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. checked in, and it was just like both of those guys scored. One of those guys scored on every possession, right. and with Aaron Gordon hit one three in between there. But it was a two-man assault, Jokic and MPJ, and it yeah. was awesome. What, what you worry about with Gordon and his injuries is – like Gordon's got to be a beast inside for Denver in the playoffs. Yeah, like he he's got to be the Nuggets muscle inside. Like he's going to be going up against a lot of just like physical dudes. Yep. Yeah. And maybe he's going to be playing the backup five. He's going to have to be physical. He's going to have to be getting on the glass if he's playing that role. So um, he's got to be healthy because he's got to be able to like trust using his body. Yeah. Because that's that's what the Nuggets are going to need from him in the playoffs. I, yeah. I also think Eric, your point, he hasn't looked the happiest lately, and that maybe it's because he's in pain. Maybe it's just the losing. I don't. Maybe it's just the dog. Maybe days. he's in charge of three markets. Has to yeah. do t-shirts and things like that. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe you're projecting. I think. <laughs> what? Yeah, I think you're projecting. What are you talking one. about? Yeah. I don't know if he's in charge of three markets. Is and making no one t-shirts. could be that miserable otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Um, three guard lineups, you guys. Michael Malone. I think it's a trade of the Michael Malone <sighs> era. He loves three guard lineups. Is there a 20? how concerned are we? With with them 10 <laughs> meaning like that that are we concerned that we'll keep using them or that about the, that they will harm the nuggets take it however you want man uh i'm gonna say i'm gonna i'm gonna put my malone colored glasses on and what? Say five yeah that's right i don't know what color malone is but that's what color glasses by are i have ron he um i believe that this will be solved because it's been so obviously not working what's the solve 
The solve Who's is to pulled? Pl- uh The solve is to not stagger Murray. Oh, man, I don't see that one as the, I, the. Honestly, of all the ways that we could get away from a three guard lineup, that's not the one I predict. To me, the 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 thing that needs to be happening is they need to put faith in Reggie Jackson to run the backup unit. Like that is the reason he was brought in. We need to then. Reggie Jackson was so bad. So bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying like it, it's the same thing we saw with Bones, where you, when you have two point guards, you have none. Yeah. You just neither guy knows when to go, when to pull back, when to facilitate, when to be the shooting guard. It's there's just mass confusion. So who do, do you stagger another player? You stagger KCP. You stagger but that's Aaron still Gordon. Three guards. So you that's Reggie, well, Bruce, but and it, KCP. that at least is a defensively. My, it's just like I Bruce think, being a miscast at then the three. He's too too little to to guard that. Then you have a Christian Brown question. I just I'm saying like you have um, Bruce at the two, Reggie at the one. The three can be either either Christian, uh, but you can also stagger. You can bring in Aaron Gordon. You can. Uh, bring in KCP, you can bring in Michael Porter Jr. if you want more offense. You bring in some of the, you stagger some of the taller, stronger guys um, and then you have the center which can be, you know, or the four can be, you know, Vladko, it can be Michael Porter Jr. I mean, like, to me it's like, Jamal Murray is not solving that bench at all. It's actually creating a lot of issues. He's not getting the rest he requires. Now his knee is hurting and it just is, make it's showing another pairing with another point guard that just absolutely doesn't work i think what you just laid out is part of why this is so hard yeah because if you don't take out reggie jackson to me there's only one solve and that's to not play murray with the bench and to play either aaron gordon or michael porter something they haven't even tried this year exactly so do i have faith that the nuggets are going to arrive at that i don't i don't think i have faith that they're going to pull murray out and then just say hey michael porter you're playing with the bench a lot now and go out there so you can get Christian Brown and Bruce and Reggie on the court together. And even then, do I have that much confidence that Reggie's going to run that group in a way that's going to be productive? I just don't think... I'm sorry. I just don't think they'll keep going to it because it's just obviously not working. Reggie Jackson has been so bad. So bad! He had a turnover last night that is one of the worst turnovers (laughs) I've seen in the NBA this year, man. He's been a disaster. And I thought that trading Bones Highland was going to make the Nuggets go away from the three-guard look, but they've stuck with it. They've, they've tripled down. <laughs> inserted Reggie Jackson into the Bones Highland spot, and the Nuggets lineup net rating with those three on the court, Jamal Murray, Bruce Brown, Reggie Jackson, is worse than it was with Jamal Murray, Bruce Brown, Bones Highland right. on the court. Um, I thought that move was supposed to lead to more Christian Brown minutes. It somehow led to less... And um, I never want to see those three guards on the court this, together again. This is another thing about principle versus what are yeah. you actually seeing? And I'm yeah. I just principle is well, we got a point guard, and now we need a point guard on the court. So let's put it on the court. And analyzing it would be, wow, what an absolute disaster! Every yeah. single game has been minus one. The larger principle is his what he always says. He's like he either wants one of Jokic or Murray on the court at any given time. It's another principle. It has that's a principle that we are operating under. But it's be. a poor principle. It's not. It's not proving uh, to work for whatever reason. Jamal Murray shrinks so mightily when he's on that second unit. It is so confusing. But it's just clearly not. Uh, I mean, I guess that he views them as like as his time off minutes, even though he's on the court. His on off time. Um, I don't know, but it, it's La- not working. Last couple ones. Let's go rapid fire here. Nuggets' ability to attack small ball. Hmm. Ready for the I'd reveal? Three. Maybe I think six. this, I am very confident they will solve this issue. Do you know why I'm a little concerned about it? Where are you at, Eric? I'm kind of it a takes you forever. All right, there you go. What six. do you do? Not the same. You put that's them in a, order. That's a blanket. You put them in that's order. A principle. You put that's one not ten, <laughs> and you just sort through it. I had to six. make a decision. <laughs> so the reason I, I think that Denver actually, in a weird way, doesn't know how to play without Jokic. Uh, you think? Well, I'm not. I mean, when he's on the court, <laughs> like the team, the team trying to double him, and Denver not okay. being able to say maybe we don't need to. Right, just like trying to feed him the ball for ten seconds in a row, waste yeah, the yeah. entire game right, right, possession, right, just right. like looking at, like, oh man, it's too hard to sneak a pass in. Maybe attack four on three. Yeah, you've got, and this is why Murray was so frustrating. Look, he, he was hurt. He ended up not coming back in the game, so maybe he was just too banged up. But Legs. KCP, Michael Porter Jr., two of the best floor spacers in the NBA, two guys on Jokic. You're basically attacking two on one with you and Aaron Gordon. Like the fact that you couldn't punish that last night, 
I am a little concerned about that just because I think Denver's going to see a lot of it in the playoffs. I think a lot of teams are going to say, what happens when we take away the post-entry or elbow entry to yeah. I'm concerned, no doubt. I'm concerned right now. I just... I think this is something they'll figure out, mostly because I think Jokic will figure it out. All right. I think I think yeah. he'll crack the code, and uh, maybe he can grab the whiteboard and tell everybody what to do again. <laughs> what, one good thing here, they play a bunch of teams coming up on the road that play this exact style. Toronto, nothing yeah. but wings. Brooklyn, again, yeah. another chance. Yeah. Um, so I think that Denver's going to get a little bit of practice here on this road trip, should they choose to use it. Yeah. And if Murray's not available, I think it would suck, because I think you need to have him out there for it. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, they, they will see it enough and get enough experience against it where they absolutely should not be flummoxed or like rattled right. at all if they see it in the playoffs. It's like when you watch your team play and like suddenly a zone comes up and they right. have like no, oh, God, it's as yeah. though they've never seen it before. Yeah, like no. it's bizarre, but uh, you know, we've seen the, the, the hallmark of the Jokic led team. Is that a certain point, like Draymond Green's gonna beat you, beat you, beat you until he figures it out, and then it's barbecue chicken. Let's take a break, one mini break here. On the other side, the let's look at break this of all. tiniest break. We'll t- on the other side, we're gonna look at the five games on the road trip and say what is a successful road trip here. Guys, Bacchus and Shanker, they win for Colorado families. They've been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. You don't pay them any money until they win your case. No upfront fees to speak with them about your case. No fees while they work on your case. They've won over $1 billion for their clients, and they have neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Englewood, and Fort Collins. Give them a call, 222-2222. Just mash the two button. Yeah, dude. Two, two, You'll two, get two. through to either Bacchus or Shane. Yeah, it'll, it'll be, <laughs> just pretend you're Jokic against uh, an athletic big in, yeah. in the post. Two, 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 two. Call them today to find out if you have a case uh, <laughs> where you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, ride chair, pedestrians, trucks, even injuries at work. Call them today for free. I would point... So one comment I want to address. Somebody, I think, I, I can't tell if that's Iroel or Iroel, but Jamal is playing too much hero ball. I actually think this is true in that I think Murray has taken... villain ball at this point. (laughs) I think he has actually taken some shots that are well outside of the, like, flow of the offense. The thing is, is he's the one guy that I think gets to do that because Denver needs it. So right now he's not making them, and when he misses them, he goes, like, 5 of 17 or whatever he did the other night. Um, But I will say, that's a razor's edge. You take too many of those, and it really does kill the funk, and he is always right on that edge, and lately Mm -hmm. he hasn't been hitting. Um, All right, road trip. Oh, we have two Super Chats. Can we get to those real quick? Three super chats. Uh, Dylan says, "I can't believe Dan and I cursed the Nuggets." Yeah, sorry, man. What happened? He gave us a two dollar so bill. He gave us the dollar. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. you didn't. You didn't. Listen, it's not you. It's well, us. Yeah, it's not not you. Also, it's also not. It's not also you. not us. But it's, it's not, you. Yeah, it's you. <laughs> Landau says we praised this team for the absence of ego, but last game made me think about Malone's ego. Yep. He didn't look like he's ready to reflect on his mistakes. Well, first of all, I. Agree. Guys reflecting on it. First of all, funny story. You know, when where we sit, they block off your ability to go down into the tunnel for some reason. So sometimes after the game, after the game, because players have to come through or whatever, waiting to go down and then walk to the tunnel. Malone had already started his presser. Very oh, it rare. Was one of those. One of the, it happens maybe two or three times a year. Yeah. So where, it, it was a very quick post-game address with the team and usually he just at the same time and then you get there like w- half of us are walking to our to the presser and he'd already started and i'm thinking come on dude like you don't even have a chance to walk down to the media scrum you know that he was frustrated yeah. but so by the time he was answering those questions was so quick after the game i don't think we should judge him on those comments we judge him on the decision i judge him on that but this idea you that he to. didn't reflect on it by after the game he will he will well usually he if they have a practice the next day or something he usually is very reflective then. I hope he got with them he on the is, flight. Man. Hey, man, my bad. I was freaking Michael out on Malone, the bench. Yeah. Do you think he sat with Michael Porter on the flight? He's like, dude, I was panicking what? on the sidelines. I'm so sorry. I couldn't even see anything. they watched some Netflix He's together like, on I, the flight? He's like, can I level with you? I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I am so nervous. I am t- Did you see that, that sketch on uh, I Think You Should Leave where somebody's like, oh, hey, man, honking somebody in the parking lot. Don't you know how to drive? He t- put his head, he's like, 
I don't. I have, <laughs> I have no idea how any yeah. of this works. I'm terrified. <laughs> that's, that's Michael Malone. All right, what else? Uh, Flo says, we should have kept Bones. Nope. Man, somebody, Definitely I, I, I want to get in front of yeah, I want to get in front of this. Somebody wrote me and said, all I know is that the team lost their chemistry when Bones was traded. The locker room is clearly upset about this trade. I understand why you might think that. I'm going to tell you that is not the case. All we know is the locker room wanted him to be traded. Like, we know that. So, so just not MPJ. <laughs> just not MPJ. Yeah, not MPJ. Oh, which makes Maybe not. Look, man, this is why, this that, is that, why the Malone MPJ. Two, yes. Those two are kindred spirits in that they are. They uh, got the tough love. They got the tough love. They, they, they were the. I think MPJ texted Bones yeah, they last came night in, and was like. They came in with, like, yeah. beautiful spirits, and Malone was like. Bro. Bet. I'm going to break those. I'm going to break these guys. <laughs> Definitely true. I mean, Christian Brown, honestly, is getting a little bit of it right yeah. now, too. I it's think called it's called one. being a rookie on Michael Malone's team. Like, deal with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> another one came in. All right, here we go. Gail says, MPJ greater than Jamal. If Jokic requested a trade, even though depression would hit, even though depression would hit, I would still understand him. Jokic Terrible. would retire before he requested. Man, I'm a telling trade. you, fandom is so funny that it people is. go to this place. It is. It is crazy. Is he <laughs> too good for us? I think he is. It literally. Takes, I just want him to be happy. It literally takes three games to <laughs> yeah. go from the S word to the S house. <laughs> so true. We did go from up here to down. I know. Doing the show today, the ESPN show. I am sitting there. Some of these going. You know, Denver just had their best week of the season last week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they beat Cleveland, the Clippers, and yeah. Memphis in a row. Jokic has been the player of the month every available month so far this year. Like, but now we're like, all it was all a lie. And we they were, followed it up with one really bad week against games in games that don't yeah, matter. Ima- like, imagine we're holding yeah. the Larry OB later. We're like, oh, God, remember that three-game losing streak? Man, that sucked. Fandom they should have had this in November. Nobody would have known. GK, so who I assume is George Carl, even though he's using uh, oh, pounds. Sneaky. Wow. Uh, Greg Popovich <laughs> would have done the same with MPJ. Go with the flow of the game, not with the name. Man, but this is my point. Was that the flow of the game? Denver, again, I have to, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse here. MPJ, the Nuggets with MPJ on the court, 114 defensive rating. With him off, it was like 180. The yeah. numbers did not bear out that he was the guy that was getting cooked on defense. It just was not the case. And he, the numbers did bear out that he made almost every single shot he took, which Denver needed because in that third quarter, they gave up 37 points, but they also only scored 18. Yeah. Tough Four touch. of those came from Michael Porter in the first two minutes of the quarter. Why are we talking about old stuff on this um, podcast, man? Uh, you're right. Why are we? Let's get to this last bit here before this buff show begins, which is they got a five-game road trip at Toronto, at Detroit, at the Knicks, at the Nets on the second night of a back-to-back, and then Washington... Eric, I'll let you go first. What would qualify as success for this? Success on an NBA road trip is 50%, always. If you can get a 50% on the road, you're... Out of five games, how do you do that? You win half of a game, but then lose it. You have one moral victory? Yeah, like, you get (laughs) a moral victory. Two and one, or... Two and two with one moral victory. Yeah, or like, or we we win a bet that we weren't expecting. Ooh, I like that. The parlay came. No, in. I like two or three. I mean, go just, through these. Uh, so say them again. I'm T- sorry. Toronto. At Toronto. Okay, so that we you would. Hope, that's a loss. That's that's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, Detroit. That's a win. That's a win. Yeah. <laughs> that one better be. We're gonna sound the alarms if they lose that one. Knicks. That's, that's a, a win. That's probably that might be an L. Uh, they get up for that Knicks. In the in the garden. In the garden. That Jokic is gonna drop a forty burger yep. on the on the Nick Roos. Second night of a back to back Nets. Loss. But no L- travel. L- that's L- a loss. L- 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 Man, to me, that's almost the more important one. To me, I, 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 that's the one I want to see because they represent such an important test. And then the Wizards. Dub. So that's three wins. Uh, could go either way. So two wins are almost gimmies. Three are tough. You the win. Washington game is going to either make the road trip a success or a failure because they're right. going to be two and two going into that game. Yeah. And it's a bit of a trap game because the next one is the Bucks at home. Big game. So I think three and two to me would feel good. I would not be surprised at two and three. I think this is going to be tough, especially if you don't have Jamal Murray. I would probably bet a two, on two and three. But this Toronto, but Toronto, Brooklyn is to a certain extent New York. They just represent an interesting challenge for Denver with all this length on the perimeter and on the wings, and I just want to see if more and more teams try to go to the strategy against Denver. Let's just take Jokic away. Let's double him before he catches the ball, so they have to go somewhere else. And does Denver read the court better? All right, two more Super Chats came in. The people love us, man. What can we say? Laking ball. Who actually hates us? All right, guys, with this small ball against the Nuggets, what West team could do this in the playoffs? And for MPJ, could he be Mikael Bridges on his own team being a first option? Um, no. I'll say this, man. I'm so impressed with Porter's offense. He's scoring in a variety. The fact that he had two poster dunks, one in each game, 
I, it's so underrated. I wish we were talking about what a big deal it was that he couldn't dunk for the first two months of the season. True, he couldn't right? even dunk the ball. Right. And now he's postering people off yeah. of one head fake, one it's dribble big. dunk. It's huge. I think his offensive game is actually at a season high right now. Oh, yeah. He's playing the best offensive basketball that he has, and athleticism looks great. The that's, game looks so slow That's for why him this right now. benching is so tough is because I'm like, I don't want to squash this momentum. I feel like the momentum is so big and so important. Um to answer the first part, I, so yes, I, I don't know if he could beat... Mikael Bridges is a great two-way player. I don't think Porter no. is the great two-way. But offensively, yeah, I think his game would... He has more to his game. He, I think he could beat Kevin Porter Jr. <laughs> maybe. I, I think he maybe he's better what? than that. I think he, <laughs> like he, a, just a guy that I call, man, Kevin Porter that guy sucks. could fill it up, and then, but it's <laughs> the, the Rockets. Kevin Porter game. sucks, right? Yeah, That's yeah. my point, yeah, by himself. Okay, um, uh, we got the, the, But then the other part was um, what teams can do this in the West. I mean, the Phoenix Suns, to me, are the ultimate one because they can mix it up, play big, a real center, but also go small. The Clippers, and, one and of the this. first teams to ever do it to the Nuggets. The Clippers, for sure, no question about it. But the um, Nuggets have solved the Clippers. Yeah, but the I mean, look, a lot of this is three point shooting, and the Nets really made them. The Suns have the guys that can make them in, in that way. Outside of that, maybe the Warriors, uh, but they're a lot smaller when you talk about Steph and Poole. You know, that's just a, that's just a smaller one. Oh, Dallas, a great example. Absolutely, Dallas plays this exact brand of basketball. Um, so it could be them. And then what else? Jokic back to back says fire Malone and hire Adam Mates and we're good. Yeah, I promise you. Yeah, that is not great. true. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, oh wow. Only uh, if I can be in charge of your substitutions. That's like you see me like hit the jumper or something on a video or something like that. He should be playing shooting guard, man. You see him make that shot? Why not, man? Like, yeah, let's on. just say we're looking to lower the anxiety, and uh, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. We got to get the buffs. In let's here. go. Hit the like button. Back tomorrow. <laughs>